Oh, man. The phenomenal one. Standing tall at the end of Raw. And after some tender, loving care. <coughs> tables, ladders, and chairs, I mean. TLC Fallout on Raw shall be covered. I got a table. I got a chair. I ain't got a ladder because I'm already on top, baby. Randy Orton, the veteran viper, takes on the phenomenal one himself. AJ Styles in the main event. Is Rusev Day officially dead? Lana claims it is. Plus, Stephanie McMahon confirms the return of a big superstar very soon. I'll get into that as well as Eric Bischoff's recent comments that AEW should be concerned about their ratings decreasing. That's going to be in the news section. All that and more on the Highlight Reel. I could use a little TLC, y'all. <laughs> it's the holiday season. The gift of giving is beginning to look a lot like Christmas. <laughs> the gift of giving, but the only thing I'm giving is my thoughts, baby. Welcome to the highlight reel. All around me, Christmas lights. You know what I'm saying? Um, some of the neighbors be extra on Christmas, man. I got to tell you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They got the Santa Claus and the reindeers right there on the front lawn. They got all the lights. So extra. And I love it. You know what I'm saying? It's people like that that, you know, make the the season feel special. You go into the stores, the convenience stores, you hear the Christmas here. I, call me what you will. You know, it's kind of corny, but I, I I like this time of year, man. The holidays, Christmas, New Year's, and then you get to you get to hear all your friends say, "Oh, you know, New Year, New Me." <laughs> My New Year's resolution: I'm gonna own 2020. Yeah, <laughs> man, I take it as it comes, man. You know what I'm saying? The last time I said that, oh, this year is gonna be my year. It ended up being one of the worst years of my life. No cap. <laughs> Don't at me. <laughs> but nonetheless, y'all, welcome to the highlight reel. I'm going to dive in, baby. Infinite Waters. Ralph Smart. Diving deep. Call me Michael Phelps. I'm going to go swimming. Let's get right to it. Monday Night Raw. Seth Rollins, he's out there for a promo, man. He comes out, he brings the AOP, introduces them as the two men who have chosen to live on the right side of history. He says he was long hailed as the future by both fans and staff. Then it all changed. He was treated as if he did something wrong. People began to question his leadership. What happened to Kevin Owens was his fault. He brought that on himself. Very reminiscent of Vince McMahon, you know, saying, Brett screwed Brett. I have no sympathy whatsoever. <laughs> Way back in the day, um, I was still wet behind the ears. Um, nonetheless, man, um, Seth Rollins, you know, he's um, he claims us fans will follow him, whether by hook or crook, whether we like it or not. And the AOP will enforce his will. 
And like clockwork, y'all, let me just say, by clockwork, you know, Seth Rollins was being booed out of the building for several months prior while he was supposed to be a babyface. Now he's a big, despicable heel with two monsters by his side. And I heard a little bit of people cheering for him on Raw tonight. Y'all, I heard it. You know, go back and watch it. You, If you listen closely, he actually got some pop. You know, some people were actually cheering for heel Rollins. This is what I mean. The conventional face, baby face, heel disposition, whatever. The conventional good guy, bad guy disposition in wrestling is dying, y'all. It's dead. It's fickle. These fans are fickle, man. They started cheering for Seth Rollins, and now he's supposed to be booed. That's, that's pro wrestling for you. Nonetheless, Seth Rollins says, let me say this in advance. For what we have to do tonight, I'm sorry. As he leaves, that closes out the segment, man. It's going to be exciting and interesting to see what AOP amount to in this whole ordeal. Nonetheless, the Viking Raiders have a rematch against the OC. Their TLC match was... Uh, it was a no contest, apparently, a, a double count out. I don't remember it, but I could have sworn the Viking Raiders won, actually. I could have sworn. I guess because I'm just used to seeing them winning, just smashing through everybody. Um, but nonetheless, the OC come out, and they gloat that they do, in fact, have a win over the Viking Raiders, continuing their little tag team feud. Um, the Viking Raiders would come out. Their match was hard-hitting, smash-mouth. Nothing really to write home about, though. Very, very um, basic stuff we see here. Viking Raiders... We're controlling most of the match, but it all changed when, um, I believe, Ivar. I don't know if it's Ivar or Eric. I don't know which is which, y'all. <laughs> I really don't. Hansen and Roe, Eric, Ivar. One of them fools, man. They they did a, a high-risk maneuver, you know, jumping off of that top turnbuckle for a somersault. A moonsault, I should say, actually. A moonsault. Backflip, man. And, um, you know, he crashed and burned. And the OC, they came out on top. That's right. The OC got a clean win over the Viking Raiders. A clean win. Clean as a whistle, y'all. That's the main story here with this match. It's a big deal. You know, and, and, and this doesn't hurt Viking Raiders at all. I'm actually happy to see the Viking Raiders in a meaningful program instead of just smashing on jobbers every week, you know. Um, this is the second loss ever. Only the second loss ever for the Viking Raiders. You best believe we're going to be seeing these two teams mixing it up for many, many weeks to come. And i that's a good thing. That's a good thing for both of these, these teams here. As we go to commercial break, by the way, I was told that there was 53 minutes worth of commercial breaks on this show. Good Lord. Good Lord. Thank God that I, I watch this on my laptop and I don't I don't have to deal with all the commercials and all that jibber jabber, man. That's absolutely nauseating. I know it's a three hour show. I know WWE is a big corporation. They have to pay the bills. You know what I'm saying? They have to earn their revenues. But good Lord, man. 53 minutes. That's an hour, basically. That, that's an hour, man. Let, let's round it up. That's an hour worth of commercials. It's crazy. Um, nonetheless, when we come back from commercial break, the OC baby with AJ Styles, they're backstage celebrating their big win. And then Styles also plugs his match with Randy Orton in the main event. He says, tonight, 
I will end the career of the Viper. And Carl Anderson, Carl Anderson said, oh, I love it when you say that. <laughs> that got a chuckle out of me. Um, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, not good stuff as Eric Rowan destroys some jobber. Nothing, nothing to see there. It's just, just another squash. Eric Rowan peddling his, his little uh, birdcage storyline. I, I, I really do not care at this point. Um, Zelina Vega and Andrade have a backstage interviewing uh, interview hyping up their, their big match, their big gauntlet match to determine the number one contender for Ray's United States Championship. Whom, uh, Andrade, Andrade Cien Almas, I know he don't go by Cien Almas anymore, but I still call him that. I don't care. Andrade Cien Almas, he says, Solamente tenía suerte, meaning Humberto Carrillo was lucky. It was a fluke win. And Zelina Vega says losing to Humberto was the best thing that ever happened to him, but also the worst thing that ever happened because now, now we're taking him seriously. She goes on to say, I will wear high heels to make sure he hears my footsteps on the concrete and has time to repent. Andrade would grab the mic and say, Oi, vengo a ganar. Esto es mi noche. Tonight, I've come to win. This is my night, baby. Big main event hype. Well, not main event hype, but big, big, <laughs> big match. I want to see, I want to see Andrade in the main event, y'all. Um, will it ever happen? Only time will tell. Lana and Lashley, they have their big promo. Um, this was to be expected. Lana proclaims that her hot, hot, hot boyfriend is wonderful. The fans chant for Rusev Day. I actually expected Rusev to come out, but he, he, was, he really wasn't there tonight. So that's kind of a letdown. Nonetheless, Lana claims that Rusev Day is officially dead. This would go on for a little bit, you know, putting Rusev down. And then Lana asked Bobby Lashley to propose to her. <laughs> so basically, Lana was kind of like proposing to Bobby Lashley. This is reminiscent of a, a Paige proposing to Humberto Car... Uh, excuse me. <laughs> Paige proposing to Alberto Del Rio. Does that name sound familiar? Probably not. <laughs> but... That was at an indie show. That was not a work, though. That was a real-life deal there. Uh, <laughs> Paige and Alberto were actually engaged in real life at that point. Um, but that's what this reminded me of. Um, um, really silly here. Um, Bobby Lashley can't act. <laughs> he has no charisma. You know, it, it, his, his whole ordeal here felt really forced. Um, but he did it. He did it. Big Bobby Lashley. Lana Sancho. Officially got down on one knee. Bobby's in the sunken place, y'all. <laughs> Bobby Lashley is in the sunken place. But yeah, he got down on one knee and proposed to Lana. She started hooting and hollering, man. Jumping up and down with joy. Really poor acting. I gotta say. <laughs> I just gotta say it. Awful acting here. I mean, just... You, you just, you got to see it for yourself. Like, this is really, really horrible acting on, on both of them, on both their parts here. Especially Lana, though. Just just really terrible stuff. Uh, but there you have it. Lana and Bobby Lashley are officially engaged. And, you know, this is the payoff here. They're going to have a, a wedding segment on Raw in the future. And uh, maybe even a pay-per-view, perhaps. Perhaps it'll be a WrestleMania thing, maybe even. I don't know. If they, if they really go that far, wow. <laughs> that's, 
that's terrible. But, you know, Rusev's going to interrupt the wedding and smash them both. And there you have it. That's the big payoff. Terrible stuff. Nonetheless, here we go. The six-man gauntlet match to determine the number one contendership for the United States Championship. This match includes R-Truth, Akira Tozawa, Matt Hardy, Ricochet, Humberto Carrillo, and Andrade Cien Almas. Now, why in the hell would Akira Tozawa and Matt Hardy even receive this kind of opportunity when they've been jobbing every single week? Like, what what they do to even earn this opportunity? They've been losing matches nonstop, man. You know what I mean? It, it makes no sense. But whatever, that, that's WWE logic. You know, just, just throw them on in there. Hey, we got three hours to kill, y'all. Let's put... Let's put Akira Tozawa, Matt Hardy, R-Truth, and all these cats in there and, and just kill three hours, man. You know what I'm saying? We, we have no creativity. Let these guys just put on a good show for the crowd because we, we don't know what else to do, man. <laughs> That's all this is. Um, nonetheless, I, I was actually surprised to see Akira Tozawa eliminate R-Truth. That was, that was really unexpected. I thought Akira Tozawa would surely uh, be eliminated first. Nonetheless, Ricochet would come out. He would eliminate Tozawa after a series of exchanges there. Um, Tozawa's a really talented cat. He deserves a lot better than what his current role is right now. Uh, Matt Hardy would then come out. Uh, and straight out the gate, high-octane offense. He had a twist of fate on Ricochet for a near fall. Almost eliminated him. Um, and, you know, we go to commercial break. Once again, we come back. We see Rey Mysterio looking on backstage as Hardy continues to dominate um, the majority of, of this, this match here with Ricochet. Ultimately though, in the end, Ricochet would eliminate Matt Hardy in a sneaky cheeky roll-up. And then um, Humberto Carrillo would make his way to the ring. I gotta say, Humberto Carrillo's ring attire, his entrance attire I should say, that, that cape he wears absolutely ridiculous man he looks like a real corny dude he already has a punchable face as it is then he comes out looking like a power ranger i mean it, it's just redonkulous man he needs to lose that cape i, I really <laughs> i don't understand why uh, they're having him come out like that i highly doubt that's carillo's choice of wardrobe you feel me i highly doubt it i'm pretty sure that that looks like a that has vince mcmahon's fingerprints all over it <laughs> you know what i'm saying that's such good shit. We need a Hispanic superhero. We already have Ricochet. Now we need a Hispanic superhero. That's such good shit. Oh, Lord. Humberto Carrillo would eliminate Ricochet, though, after a series of dope spots. And, and you know, even though I buried Humberto's entrance attire, he's really growing on me, man. I, I would love to see Humberto and Ricochet mix it up one-on-one -on -one in an extended match man give, give give these guys 15 minutes to tear the house down that's all they need give ricochet and humberto carrillo 10 minutes uh excuse me 15 minutes or even 10 minutes perhaps they could still tear the house down these guys i would love to see them mix it up one-on-one -on -one, man with with more time because um we got a little preview i want to see more nonetheless um yeah man um humberto carrillo eliminated ricochet and then out of nowhere andrade's music it, it was playing we expected to see andrade coming out you know where the wrestlers come out but he came out from behind humberto carrillo he was under the ring most likely you know the, there's some kind of you know lever there's some there's some kind of uh 
thing under the ring, man, where wrestlers can can go in from the ramp or something. I, I have no idea, but th there's something going on there with that. But nonetheless, Andrade blindsided Humberto Carrillo. He assaulted him, threw him out the ring, uh, whooped his ass. He removed the protective mats from out the side of the ring, exposing the concrete. He does his hammerlock DDT finisher, or as I call it, El Desayuno. He did it on the concrete, absolutely demolishing Humberto Carrillo. As Andrade leaves out the crowd, Humberto is escorted out the ring by, by paramedics. Wow, they're, they're really taking this rivalry to the next level. I've been telling y'all, I've been telling y'all, I said it from day one, watch. Carrillo and Andrade are going to be set up in a, in a big feud. It's good, it's predictable, kind of predictable. I mean, you know, um, uh, Stevie Wonder could have saw this coming. But nonetheless, um, it's good to see these guys in a program that has some kind of merit. Rey Mysterio would come out, you know, and, and look look on after Carrillo, man. He feels bad. He's like, damn, this kid, he's a young young stud and, and being put out of his misery here. And um, then Seth Rollins and the AOP come out. And, um, you know, immediately upon crossing paths with Ray Ray, Ray just starts throwing hands. He just starts throwing hands. But, of course, he was quickly subdued by the brutes. The authors of pain and Seth Rollins, man, and they put him down. He's on the floor, hurt, you know, gripping his sides, gripping his, gripping himself. And, you know, Seth Rollins grabs a microphone. He says, hey, buddy, why you got to act like that, man? We, we ain't want to fight. We just came out to give you back your little toy. Talking about his lead pipe. He says, this is yours, right? This this your lead pipe, right? This belongs to you. The same lead pipe that you gave to Kev, uh, Kevin Owens last week to use on me. And the AOP, you know what they say, Ray, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, but that's not me. I'm a merciful leader. Tonight is your lucky night, and you owe me one. It doesn't matter. Curb stomp to end the segment. We cut to a, we go to commercial break. Once again, commercial break number 50. We come back and Seth Rollins has a backstage interview. Seth officially challenges Ray Ray one on one for the U.S. title mat, uh, title for next week, and you know this basically rendered the gauntlet match completely pointless, absolutely pointless here, you know. Um, but hey, you know, three hours to kill—that's what that was. <laughs> Randy Orton cuts a backstage promo. He hypes up his match with AJ, recalling how AJ beat him at WrestleMania. He says SmackDown was indeed that house. That AJ built. But Randy says. You need to remember something. This is Monday Night Raw. And Randy. Says I'm going to. I'm going to remind you. That I am superior. With the three most destructive letters in the industry. R. K. O. Now that is the main event hype. And um, you know. Randy Orton and AJ, AJ Styles, they're two of some of the best wrestlers ever. They really are. I've never been too big of a fan of Randy. To me, his, his offense is just kind of boring. Real traditional, real throwback, slow, sluggish kind of style. You know, he doesn't do anything spectacular. But, he, you know, he's a fundamentally solid guy. Always has been, you know. Um, but, you know, that's the main event hype for you. Then we get a random match here in the women's division as Asuka... 
takes on my wife, Diana Purrazzo. <laughs> Purrazzo, um, you know, beautiful, beautiful young lady. I, I gotta tell you, any any females and has a bright future, it's Diana Purrazzo. Next big in the women's division. I'm telling you right now, this chick, she's got it all. She's got it all. I mean, all. She could go in the ring. She's got the look. She's got charisma. Um, one of the best submission wrestlers that there is. And um, overall, just a, a great, great talent here. And um, right before the match even starts, she does a bicycle kick out of nowhere, knocking Asuka down to the mat. And then we cut to commercial break. <laughs> commercial break number 60 now. Num number 75, whatever. Just absolutely nauseating. Um, nonetheless, we come back from commercial break and, and they exchange arm bars, uh, kinds of submissions in the beginning, you know, both showing off their technical prowess. You know, Asuka, she starts talking her shit in Japanese. <laughs> and Jerry Lawler, he laughs. <laughs> he always laughs. I noticed that every week on Raw when Asuka starts talking shit in Japanese, Jerry Lawler starts laughing. It's kind of funny to me. Um, nonetheless, man, Asuka would win a, a very semi-competitive matchup. Against the young bright star in Gianna Purrazzo. We have a backstage interview with Becky Lynch. Speaking of the women's division. um, She just hypes up her feud with Asuka. This was like a an old school uh, Jim Ross sit down kind of interview format. You know um, she was sitting down. You know the camera was was showing both her and Charlie Caruso as they they talked about her career and stuff and you know just just Becky Lynch you know she's the focal point of the women's division and just hyping up her feud with Asuka where does Kyrie Sane fit into all this though you know what I'm saying but nonetheless here we go baby the main event the veteran viper the phenomenal one Orton and Styles the rubber match you know they had their uh big Wrestlemania match uh this year you know, WrestleMania 35, kind of forgettable to me. I actually had to look it up. I know they wrestled at one of them WrestleManias. Didn't even realize it was this past year. Uh, but it's uh, that that whole show was kind of forgettable, man. I got to say. Um, nonetheless, AJ Styles obviously was the victor there. And this is the rematch. Several months later. Several months in the making. We cut to commercial break. Once again. Um, we come back from commercial break. Randy is driving in the ring. Um, then it cuts to backstage with Rey Mysterio randomly. He just just back there. He's ripping on Andrade. He says Andrade tried to end the career of young Latin star Humberto Carrillo. He says Andrade, no seas cabrón, wey. <laughs> I got a chuckle out of me. Haz las cosas como hombre, claramente. Do things like a man, Andrade. And um, he basically accepts Rollins' challenge. Randy Orton, AJ Styles mixing it up, man. Um, you know, very, very solid match here. A AJ Styles would work over Randy Orton's knee for the majority of the match in the beginning. He had a chop block. He would then hit a springboard moonsault. Styles would set up the Styles Clash, but Orton would pull out and do his patented DDT off the second rope. Orton goes for the big RKO out of nowhere. It gets countered into the calf crusher. A uh, very seamless exchange there. A AJ Styles so fluid in the ring. Always has been. As well as Orton for that matter. A solid, ma a solid match man. But the finish here kind of falls off a cliff. Because AJ Styles. He goes for a phenomenal forearm. 
and noticeably kind of slips off the rope as our as Orton w was already chucking, like getting ready for that RKO. And um, of course, you know AJ Styles would regain his balance and then attempt reattempt it again. But by this point, everybody and their mama knew where this was going. You know what I mean? Because we already seen the setup they were going for there. And but they do it. You know AJ Styles then finally he, he jumps for the phenomenal forearm. Randy Orton hits the RKO out of nowhere, and Randy Orton, the veteran Viper, with a big win on Monday Night Raw. But his victory does not last because then the OC come out post-match to jump on Randy Orton. The Viking Raiders attempt to make a save, and then they are quickly subdued by the OC once again. Interesting. Interesting, I gotta say, man. It's interesting stuff there, man. You know, the OC are being put over. Finally, they're looking strong. As they close the show, posing with their leader, the phenomenal AJ Styles. One of the all-time greats. You know what I mean? Uh, AJ Styles got to be up there. He's like a modern-day Shawn Michaels. He, he really is. You know, maybe he wasn't quite as ever as big as HBK was in his heyday. But as, as far as performance, as far as wrestling, you know, in the ring... AJ Styles really is like a, a modern day Shawn Michaels, man. He really is. And, you know, he's been in the business almost just as long as Shawn Michaels, almost, you know. Um, he, he's like a little under a decade short. You know, Michaels started in the 80s. Styles started in the late 90s. But nonetheless, the, you know, phenomenal worker. N pun intended, pun intended. Um, nonetheless, um, you know, I'm beginning to notice something about WWE, man. Now call me slow or see now, because I'm sure this has been common knowledge for quite some time now. But as I embark on this new hobby of mine, covering this product on the podcast, you know, I've been scrutinizing the product more, dissecting it much more closely than ever before. And I realized that, you know, WWE, it's, it's as if they're self-aware. They realize that their product is kind of shitty. But what they do is they consistently give the fans just enough to keep them tuning in. Like AJ Styles, Randy Orton. A solid main event. They know that the show was overall. It was kind of a mess. I, I don't think Vince McMahon and co. I don't think they're as delusional as people say they are. You know I mean. I, I think they, they kind of realize that their show is kind of shitty. But what they do is they give the fans just enough. To, to continue to tune in. You know or at least they try to. Because we see some solid stuff with just like AJ Styles and Randy Orton. Just like the gauntlet match. Which even though in the end it was pointless. But we saw some good stuff in that gauntlet match man. Especially with um, Humberto Carrillo and Ricochet in particular. Man like I said I, I, would, I can't wait to see those boys go at it. One on one. Give them 15 minutes. Give them 20 minutes. They will tear the house down. They will rock you. They they will they will put it over big time, man. Very good athletes, very good workers. Um, you know, and Monday Night Raw, I'm not gonna say it was good, but I'm not gonna say it was bad. Certainly, I will say it was much much better than last week's Raw. Good lord, man! Last week's last week's Raw was it was a dumpster fire. It, it was it was god awful. This was much better, much much better. Is it worth watching? You know, I, I, I don't even know, man. I, you know, that's for you to decide. All I'm going to tell you is that Raw was, it, it wasn't good, but it wasn't bad. It's somewhere in the middle. 
if there is any middle ground here, is somewhere there. So, I'm going to go ahead and get into some wrestling news, man. Big stuff. Stephanie McMahon confirming, basically, the return of a, of a big, big superstar. Eric Bischoff's comments on AEW and how they should be concerned about their dwindling ratings. I'm going to take a quick break and I'll jump right into that. CM Punk, the cult of personality, the straight edge superstar, the one with the pipe bomb, which can drop at any moment. CM Punk, he's been in the headlines for a minute now. You know, obviously he's a Fox employee now there with uh, Renee Young and Booker T on backstage, WWE backstage on Fox, which unfortunately I haven't actually got to watch um, you know, but I have seen footage of it on YouTube. I've seen, you know, Booker T roasting cats like uh, David Arquette, as well as Fluffy Gabriel with uh, it up with Samoa Joe. Highly entertaining. Uh, WWE backstage. I gotta tell you, if if that was on the WWE Network, I would reactivate my WWE Network subscription right now. I would do it right now. I, I would reactivate it for that because WWE backstage on Fox is. Very entertaining. Nonetheless, let's get to the point here. Stephanie McMahon stated in a conference call that she would love to see CM Punk back in the ring in WWE as well as AJ Lee to return to the WWE's women's division. Well, of course she would. <laughs> Money talks. Money talks, baby. And, you know, CM Punk, obviously, you know, he cut ties with WWE a few years back, 2014 few years actually more than a few years ago now wow time flies man i gotta tell you <laughs> time flies i was still in my 20s <laughs> when cm punk you know jump shit and quit wwe and he claims that he has no interest whatsoever in getting back in the ring but like i said money talks money talks and when money talks you gonna listen <laughs> you feel me um, nonetheless, Stephanie McMahon also basically confirmed the return of one Ronda Rousey. Rowdy Ronda Rousey. She will be back, quote-unquote, very soon. Of course, Stephanie McMahon didn't give a specific date or time. But, hey, Royal Rumble is coming up January. WrestleMania, subsequently, coming up next year. You know what time it is. Ronda Rousey, I gotta say, she had a tremendous transition into professional wrestling. You're talking about a female who had no prior experience in professional wrestling. She was an MMA superstar, a UFC mega star. I mean, she crossed barriers, man. She was the hottest thing they had for quite some time, man. Uh, you know, and the same same thing um, in the same league as Conor McGregor. Absolutely the biggest draw UFC had for, for, for quite some time there. You know, unfortunately, she would end up getting mollywopped by, <laughs> by Holly Holm, and that changed everything. And then she skedaddled it to WWE. But when she did, when Ronda Rousey came to WWE, I had low expectations for it. In fact, I thought her match that she was going to have at WrestleMania, her debut, her debut match, by the way. And that was her debut. She didn't debut on Raw and, and work over in, in house shows and practice and hone her craft. Nah, 
Nah, she she just hopped on the moving train, man. She she didn't get her feet wet. She jumped into the deep end of the swimming pool. Michael Phelps. And um she absolutely tore the house down with Kurt Angle, man, taking on Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Um easily the the biggest power couple there is in wrestling. You know what I mean? Lana and Bobby Lashley, they talk about wanting to be the the big power couple. Um, but that that title there belongs to Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. They are the biggest power couple there is in professional wrestling. But nonetheless, like I said, man, Ronda Rousey she tore the house down, and I I, I honestly I think Ronda Rousey, as far as like um, people coming into wrestling without any prior experience or anything like that, and transitioning as a dual sport athlete and everything. It doesn't get any better, man. In my opinion. I think Ronda Rousey had the best debut ever. Her match at WrestleMania was outstanding. Her performance was outstanding. I still remember it. I still remember it. That's how I got, That's how good it was. Because I'm a very forgetful individual. <laughs> Y'all hear it on this podcast. I mean, in my Raw review. I, I, I Good Lord. <laughs> Mixing up Humberto and Alberto's names and... And I, I made a lot of mistakes there. I'm, I'm a very forgetful individual. But I can tell you, I remember Ronda Rousey's debut match. I remember her doing the backflips and, 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 you know, haymakers to Stephanie McMahon on the corner. Her body slamming Triple H and doing moonsaults. And, I mean, all these, you know, crazy spots, man. And that was her debut match. So big ups to Ronda Rousey. And, and you know what? Dare I say it. I'm actually excited to see Ronda Rousey make her to WWE. Whether she comes out as a surprise entrance in the Women's Royal Rumble. Or she comes out in a surprise Raw return to set up a big match at WrestleMania with uh, Becky Lynch perhaps. Becky Lynch. Um, I, I don't see anyone else. I want to see her and Becky Lynch one. That's what we were supposed to get. But they inserted Charlotte into the match, you know, this this past WrestleMania. And, you know, their main event was, eh, it was kind of mediocre. It kind of fell a little bit flat, man. There was a lot of botches. I, re I do remember. There was there was quite a few botches. Uh, timing was off on on, on some of them. I, I, I don't remember exactly um, who it was that made a lot of botches in the match. But it, it was it was a little sloppy. But I want to see um, Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch go at it because I want to see Ronda Rousey beat the brakes off of off of Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch annoys me, man. I, I don't know why. It's just something about her. I, I guess because I'm just tired of seeing her so much. You know, I get it. You know, she had a triumphant rise to the top, you know, this past year and everything. And, and, and last year, for that matter, going into this year. And you know, I, I was feeling her. But I've gone south on her. I, I've gone sour on Becky Lynch, man. I, I don't want to see her on my TV every week. Or in this case, on my laptop every week. You know, I, I want to see Ronda Rousey um, beat the shit out of <laughs> Becky Lynch. And then Becky Lynch could turn heel and align with Seth Rollins in the AOP. I, now that I'd like to see. Take my money. Take it now. But I'm going to get into the main story of the day is here. The main story, Eric Bischoff claims AEW should be concerned about their consistent drop in ratings. This was on an interview, I believe, with WrestlingInc.com. Uh, don't quote me on that. I'm not sure where this interview was taken from. 
I saw this story on Wrestling Inc. I could tell you that. I'm assuming they're the ones that conducted this interview, but I can't confirm that. But nonetheless, this is Eric Bischoff's quote verbatim. He says, there's a lot of people talking about their perspective and what it means and if somebody's doing well or not so well. None of those people happen to be representatives of the network that's living or dying by their ability to sell advertising for that show. He continues, now, this is all in regards to AEW's slipping ratings, but he continues, I don't mean this to be critical, but if you look at NXT and AEW, both of those shows are delivering numbers that were embarrassing to even TNA a couple years ago. Wow. He goes on to say, I don't know how you can look at those numbers and not be concerned. In the TV industry, if you're not building your audience, you are killing your audience. You're either growing or every buff. Controversy creates cash. You know, man, uh, I, I, I mean, Eric Bischoff, he knows what he's talking about because he's been in this business. And he's, um, you know, he ran WCW, arguably ran it into the ground, <laughs> but that's debatable. But, you know, I, I have no place to question um, Eric Bischoff's credibility because he is a professional. He is a businessman. He knows what, what, what this business is all about and what it can do. However, with that being said, all I got to say is... You know, judging by Eric Bischoff's history, you know, his 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 fall with WCW, you know, his his mediocre fall in TNA, arguably Eric Bischoff killed TNA as well. You know, when he came in with Hulk Hogan and they they changed the six-sided ring into the traditional four-sided, you know, a uh, uh, squared circle. And and then, you know, Eric Bischoff just recently got fired as the creative director for SmackDown. So you know what, man? Look, judging by this man's track record, I don't think he has any position to tell AEW what they should or should not be concerned about, okay? <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna say it like that. A and listen, I'm an Eric Bischoff fan. I bet y'all didn't know that. I actually like Eric Bischoff, y'all. I do. I Look, man, when I, I grew up as a, as a WCW fan, before a WWE fan. You know what I mean? I, I was I was a WCW fan. I, I loved Rey Mysterio Jr., Psychosis, La Parca, Ultimo Dragon, Eddie Guerrero. You know what I mean? Dean Malenko, Chris Jericho, of course. And, you know, many more. And then, you know, unfortunately, WCW, they, they crashed and burned. Titanic, iceberg ahead. Not even God could sink this ship. Bam, it sunk. WCW, dead and gone, dead and gone, Justin Timberlake. And then Eric Bischoff, you know, he joined forces with Vince McMahon, went to WWE, became the oh, general manager, and I loved every minute of it. But my man, sit down, drink some tea, sip it, sip it like Kermit the Frog. Chill, it's gonna be alright. AEW has nothing to worry about. They're just starting, and they have the full support of TNT. Tony Khan, he's a businessman along with his father, who are, by the way, like five times richer than Vince McMahon, than the entire McMahon family for that matter. They, I don't think they have anything to worry about. AEW is going to be all right. Their ratings are actually e e exceeding their expectations. Look, man, 
when AEW Dynamite debuted, it got 1.4 million viewers. Now that was a big shocker. Even Eric Bischoff himself said that in this same interview here that I read. He even said that I was absolutely shocked that they got that, that number. But everybody in AEW knew that after that, the ratings would definitely decline. You see, every show that debuts always does numbers like that. It, it, you know, because of all the hype, and Dynamite in particular, it had a lot of hype preceding its big debut. You know, they have a strong social media presence. I don't know who handles AEW social media, but their social media team is phenomenal. Phenomenal, like AJ Styles. I mean, they're, they're, they have a very strong presence on Instagram, YouTube, especially YouTube, Twitter, the whole nine. And, you know, each of their talents as well have successful YouTube channels individually. You know, Brandy Rhodes, she has like, I, I don't know, some kind of cooking show or some shit. And, and, you know, you have, of course, the elite, the elite, you know, with the Bucks and everybody. I mean, that's a huge show in of itself on YouTube. I, I don't watch any of this, by the way, but I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, though, I've heard about them. And I have a friend that watches them. And, and you know, I get all the, um, you know, the tidbits from him. And I know that these shows are doing well on YouTube. And I know that, you know, they have a, a strong social media presence. Dynamite is still a young show. The ratings that they're getting now is to be expected. It's not, it's, it's not something of concern because actually the ratings that they're getting, despite the fact that they have been decreasing, it's still exceeding the expectations of not only the cons, but of TNT. So I do not think... That there's anything to write home about. I, I think AEW for, for the time being is safe. I think they're safe. You know what I mean? Um, as far as his comment though about you know the, the numbers that AEW's been generating. Even now are, are act, were actually, would actually be embarrassing to TNA just a couple years ago. I think that's a stretch man. I, I, I really think that's a stretch. I don't even think TNA was pulling 800,000 viewers a couple years ago. I, I doubt it. If anybody listening, you know, could chime in, hit me up, baby. Lalo underscore THR. That's on both Instagram and Twitter. Hit me up and let me know what you think. I, I don't even think TNA Impact was getting no 800,000 viewers. Come on, man. Let, let's be realistic here. What, what, what network was TNA on a couple years ago? I don't even think they were on Spike anymore. They've they been off of Spike TV for, a, for quite a while now. They were on like, uh, what was it, a Destination America or some shit and ultimately wound up on, uh, what are they on, Axis? Are they on Axis TV or is that ROH? <laughs> I don't even, I couldn't even tell you. Nonetheless, man, um, Eric Bischoff, man, sounding off. He's back and better than ever. 83 weeks. Interesting podcast. I listen to it occasionally. I really liked his uh you know, his info on Rey Mysterio in WCW back in the day. And, and he basically stated that Rey Mysterio pretty much influenced the modern day wrestling we see today. Hey, I, 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 I concur. <laughs> I concur. Nonetheless, man, speaking of AEW, it's going AEW Dynamite. The lineup includes Chris Jericho taking on... Jungle Boy in a non-title match. I'm pretty sure it's going to be uh, the main event. Um, SCU versus the Young Bucks for the tag team titles. Actually, that might be the main event there. Since AEW actually, you know, 
puts their tag team division on a high pedestal unlike other companies you feel me so that actually might be the main event there i don't know only time will tell cody rhodes and darby allen join forces to take on the butcher and the blade and lucha bros take on omega and page yowie wowie that's gonna be a good show and i will have my aew uh dynamite review show up very soon I want to thank y'all for tuning in to the Highlight Reel. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you and yours. I'm out here.